All right. Welcome to Sugar Talk with Rana. I'm your host, Rana. I hope that you all are well this evening. We have a big, big show lined up for you this evening. Um, special guest, Tyrone Smith. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. And let me correct that. It's Bishop. Right. So I should, I, I need to correct that. I, I do apologize. This is Bishop Smith, you all. I want to do the right thing now. So, okay. Um, how has your week been, sir? My week has been fantastic. Um, it, there's so much that we are doing. And even though in the pandemic, which all of us are experiencing, and wherever uh, everyone is hearing this show, uh, we're all experiencing uh, what this, this virus has done. But uh, for us, it has been a, a tremendous opportunity. And sometimes in the most detrimental of moments comes an opportunity for change mm-hmm. and to view life from a different lens. Right. Amen. Um, okay. Guys, thank you and welcome to the show. I see you all popping in. Thank you guys for um, your support. I do appreciate you all checking in this evening. We all appreciate you. Um, so, Tyrone, tell us a little about a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, um, I am uh, born and raised in Baltimore. Um, I've lived here uh, all of my life. I've had the privilege of of traveling and doing business in other uh, parts of the country, but I've always called. Uh, Maryland, my home, and uh, I've been educated through the Baltimore City School System. I graduated from Barnes Park State High School. Um, I later attended uh, Family Bible College and got my master's degree there, and then uh, been pastoring uh, since uh, 1992. Oh, wow. Uh, and so it doesn't even seem like it's been that long. Well, your resume is long, I see. <laughs> well, that's that the abridged version. Oh, wow. Um, because, because in that, um, I've been afforded to do, uh, to do business. I have been a bank manager for PNC Bank. Uh, I've been in sales and marketing for well over 22 years. Um, I am currently a uh, life insurance agent and also a credit specialist as well. Um, so... I've, I've, unlike some who have been narrowed to 
Awesome. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Taniqua, welcome. Janika, Sterling, Didi, thank you all for joining in. Makisha, thank you. Guys, we welcome you this evening. Now, so we just heard that um, Bishop Smith knows about some money. He he is in the finance for real, for real. So Bishop, school us this, school us this evening. What do we need to know in this 21st century economics. What do we need to know? Well, um, it, there's a lot that we need to know. Um, and I think one of the first things that we need to know is that with a lot of the things that is happening in the government, as we are looking at uh, what's taking place, um, all of us are going to have to become much more attentive when it comes to economics. And we also have to very uh, carefully understand what's, what's really the bigger picture, uh, even beyond what's being said uh, from the government officials, what's being said in the media. We need to become a more learned and educated people. Because um, it is really the only way that you're going to be able to manage your way through this pandemic. And even beyond this, um, for a number of years, people have talked about the United States of America, and I would honestly say that I would not live in any other country. I am very proud to be called a citizen of the United States of America. But there are some some deficiencies that are here, mm-hmm. and there are some things that uh, have not served as well. Uh, I'm an African-American man, and we can see what has happened uh, to the African-American presence within this country. And it's time for us now to see the reign of our own lives beyond what anybody else said and or does concerning who we are. We need to now become more accountable and responsible to who we are. Mm-hmm. And it starts with reading and learning certain things. And in economics, one of the most detrimental things that has plagued us is that we go off of what somebody else said. Right. That's, that is one of the greatest detriments to this. Um, we are a capitalistic country, whether we want to accept that or not. And for those viewers who are viewing, if you want to measure uh, that, that statement of being capitalistic, well then ask yourself this question. If you look at what has happened, um, since the pandemic took place. Let's take gas for a second. We've always wondered with great mystery, what makes the gas go up? Mm -hmm. And no one could really give us a practical answer so that we could really understand it, so we could manage that a little bit better. Well, let me give you the answer. What makes gas go up? Well, the same thing that made it go down. Mm -mm. Uh Uh-oh. <clears throat> okay, come on with it. <laughs> it, it it's really it's let's see we 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 out here so let's 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 start this engine and let's get moving. Yes, come on. The same thing that makes it go up goes made it go down. Consumption and the need for it drove it up. Wow. So when the consumer seemed to need 
needed more than the capitalisticness of the country drove it up. But when we now came off the road, now it made the prices come down, which means that the consumer has always been in control. Yeah. But until we act like we're in control, we are never going to be in control. Wow. 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 School us. So now <laughs> that's very, very interesting. So now, so you're saying that we've always had control. We just, we're not, not using our power, basically. We, we, uh, when I tell you that we've been in control, ladies and gentlemen, if you really want to take a really robust look at economics, Okay, let's look at economics from the race perspective. African Americans are literally the driving force to this country. We spend more than any other race on the face of the planet. However, we are also the most unlearned and we are not the race that saves the most. So they bank on that whatever is done in this economy that we are going to push it. But notice what happened in the pandemic. When they shut everything down and inclusive of that we are not spending and doing certain things, look at what happened to the economy. Yes. And notice that even though the coronavirus has been killing individuals and plaguing individuals with a sickness, Notice that regardless of whether or not it is causing a sickness or causing people to die, notice that the only concern that they have is to jump start the economy. Mm, wow. Which means that money overrides the wealth and the health of a people. Sickening. That's crazy. And that's why they're so in a rush to reopen because the economy is not making any money. Wow. Not at all. Not, not at all. And they are grievously concerned. They are so concerned that in sports, they are desperately trying to figure out how are they going to get things moving again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're trying their best to get it moving. But I said to my colleagues, I said, it is so amazing to me that the NCAA that does not pay those students who are out there playing those sports, who cannot even benefit off of their own name and, and benefit from their own brand. But the NCAA makes all that money off of all of those students. And in the NCAA football, they are now suggesting that those players play both in the spring and also in the fall. You want them to go out there and risk their life and health to make you money. Wow. And they're making billions, trillions of dollars. Billions. Wow. Billions that's crazy. And most billions of dollars. And when I think about it, because when I think about the sports that we generally play it's either football or you know basketball and you're right they want the money versus these people or athletes or whoever just to uh over their health so it's more important it is a camouflage it, 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 it is a camouflage to make them believe that they really care 
about the welfare of those young people. It's a camouflage because there is no way in the world that if you really care for them, how do you legislate laws and you hold them hostage to the creed of the NCAA rules and regulation, but yet and still you struggle to come up with a way that you can now fund and present an opportunity where these individuals can earn money for the very sport that you are making billions of dollars off of. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to suggest to you that this country is at its root one of the greatest capitalistic countries in the world. Mm. And it's time for us to take a hard look at it. And since we are out here, let's let me just start walking theologically and start taking the principles of the word and then walking you through that and then making it practical to make you understand that as much as you may not necessarily be a reader of the Bible or even a believer of the Bible, there's certain truths that you cannot deny. And if you embrace a truth, it's going to help you to see where you really need to go. And it doesn't matter where the truth comes from. Truth is there to give you a pathway so that you can see clearly. Come on here. Bishop, talk to me tonight. Talk to us tonight. So, let's, <laughs> let's walk it down. There's a statement that we have uh, said and used. And it says, money is the answer to all things. But the problem with that statement is that the context of the statement was not suggesting that it's going to resolve all matters. The context of the statement was suggesting that if there is any distraction or if there's anything that will get you to tear off of what you really need to see, money is the biggest distraction that anybody will ever encounter and it will take your mind off of the issue more than anything else that you will experience in this life. Because the guy that wrote it, his name was Solomon. Solomon wrote it in the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes is written at a time when he was at odds with God. He didn't agree with God. He felt like God did him dishonorably because he was the wisest man that ever lived and he was the richest man that ever lived, but he was out of the will of God, not because of his gifts, not because of his money, but because of his character. Wow. Character is always the root cause of an individual not seeing what they really need to see and experience concerning truth. Character is the issue. If, a, if you see a man of God who is out of character, then you can best believe that there is a root that is underlying to it that somewhere along the line, there's some money somewhere. Somewhere, money is there, and it's controlling or causing a lot of the dysfunction that is happening within character. So then, what happens it's the to? So then, what happens to the people? Because if if the leader <clears throat> is the head of all of this, right? Now, I ain't gonna call no names, but all of you that. Gotta call no names, but you're speaking the truth. It flows down to everyone. That is under one that is under the leadership. That individual. Mm -hmm. You can only be as good as the company you 
Gucci, birds mm-hmm. of a feather flock together. together. If you are under an individual who operates or functions that way, you can have the greatest aspirations all you want to. But you will always fall into the feeling of the individual who you are subordinate to. So if the individual you're subordinate to, whether that is a pastor, whether it is a mentor, whether it is somebody you look up to, whether it's somebody that you believe in, if you do not have someone who is exposing you to a truth and understanding, you will always fall <coughs> under the feeling of wherever they are. That is absolute. You can have the greatest aspiration of all. But the problem is, you are stuck under someone who can only take you but so far. far. My God. And if I can go a step further, that is the reason why in the African-American Pentecostal uh, 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 Apostolic Charismatic Church, that is the reason why in the area of money, we always fail. Okay. We are more ambitious to be spiritual. Mm. And then use money that it is the root, or the love of money is the root of all evil. So then we become segregated that, okay, we don't want to deal with money. But yet and still, you got leaders who know and use it and use their influence to get it, but yet are doing it in a misappropriated, ill-advised, and a, 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 I just say, an ugly way. It's just an ugly way how they do that. Now, let's go a step further. Because okay. I don't want to think that I came on the preach. I came to talk about money. <laughs> but since we were over there, I figured, well, let me just walk down that road, and then I'll just make a parallel, and then go over, and we'll start talking about economics and money. Okay, come so, on. <laughs> since, I said I, since I said I was going to be theological, I'll be very theological, and I'm going to go back to the Bible, and then I'm going to come over and talk pure finance. And I want to talk to church babies and those of us who come through church, or even some of you that have heard certain church phrases, you've heard, you've heard certain scriptures. So I want to use some of that, and I want to make certain things very practical. So all of us, at some point, have heard Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, and since we're in this social media and this virtual world, while I'm talking it, you can Google it and pull it right up, so that way you'll know that I'm not lying. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, ironically written by the same man who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, whose name is Solomon. He said in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, we've always used the context of that scripture to use it in the parallel of righteousness. Mm-hmm. But in systematic theology, it said that if you want to understand the context of a verse, you must read the preceding verses first, and then, in reading of the preceding verses, you will then get the understanding to be able to exegete the, the context of what you are trying to read. So if that's true, then in order for us to understand verse 6, we have to read verse 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. So rather, when you read verse 1, it says, A good name is rather than be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. Do you hear anything about righteousness in the first verse? No, sir. No, you do not. So let's go to the second verse. I believe the second verse said, uh, uh, um, uh, the rich and poor meet together because the Lord is the maker of them all. So do we hear anything about righteousness there? No, sir. No, we don't hear anything about righteousness. So 
evil and hide stuff. But the simple pass on and are punished. Mm. You got to say much about righteousness there. You can, you can say philosophically in a sense, but it's not totally clear. And it certainly doesn't follow the pattern of verse 1 and verse 2. So let's go to verse 4. Verse 4 uh, uh, says, um, By humility and the fear of the Lord, our riches are in life. So again, do we hear anything about righteousness? I didn't. Still can't get the message of righteousness so it can be parallel to the theology and the context of verse 6. Maybe we'll get it in verse 5. So uh, it says, bushes and snares are in the way of those who are in the forest. And he that doth keep of his soul shall be far from them. Uh, well, you can probably get a little righteousness out of that one, but it still doesn't make sense. In verse 4, verse 3, verse 2, verse 1, here's the reason why. Because the guy that wrote it wasn't writing about righteousness. He was writing about money. Mm. He was writing about wealth. And he was writing about credit. Okay. See, verse 1, it says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. You know what your good name is? Your good name is your credibility. Yeah. Okay. And then when he said it's better than the than the than love and favor and silver and gold. Silver and gold is currency. Mm-hmm. That's biblical currency of that day. Right. So what he's saying is your credibility, your good name, is better than the flow of currency. Okay. How ironic that as the ta- as the days will go on, that the dollar is actually losing its value. Mm. For those of you that think that you're going to pass $100,000 on to your children, well, let me just, let me caution you. And if you're trying to pass paper money to the next generation, in all essence, you're passing nothing. Mm. Okay. Because what was once viewed as money backed by gold in this country, it was removed off of the gold standard. And so now the paper money that you are now passing and I'm passing we have no value. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you're, I, I hope your, your, your viewers and your listeners, uh, this, this might be a bit much, uh, but I, I hope that they're hanging on because uh, it's going to get real tight to air. It get a little thin, <laughs> but just, just let them know I'm going to give them some oxygen so they can breathe. Come on. Come on. <laughs> we ready for it. I'm going to help them. They just got to <laughs> stay with me. It's always rough. Oh, by the way, all right, I forgot to tell you uh, that I was also a college professor. I taught business English, business mathematics, and I taught uh, uh, business law and ethics. Okay. Well, you're teaching us tonight. So, uh, I, I have, like all educators, you take the creed of an educator. Mm-hmm. And the creed of an educator is that when you stand before those who are coming to learn, that you dedicated your life to make sure that when they sit in the seat, that you will not allow them to get up and walk out and not have a full understanding of the subject matter that you're teaching. Oh, come on, yes, sir. <laughs> that's the creed of a real teacher. Now, some of the stuff that's going on out there, I don't know what that is, but that's another whole other conversation. Maybe we'll come back and we'll talk about the dysfunction of the educational system and the, and the debauchery that is going to be the undermining of those who are now seeking education that will finally come to the point that they're going to supersede the educational system and go back to finding out for themselves. Yeah, that's what they should be doing in the first place. But uh, yeah, come on here. Well, but, you know, that's that's, <laughs> that's another show. I was going to say that's a yeah, whole other show. <laughs> they go 
verse number one in Proverbs chapter one. If that is so important, then that means that it is a great importance that we have good credit. Yes. And you know, and I know, and your viewers and your listeners know that one of the things that has plagued the African-American race is that we have the ability to make money. The problem is not the fact that we make money. The problem is we don't have good credit. Mm. Come on, talk about it. Credit. You know, credit is a dirty word. That's a dirty word. As a matter of fact, I grew up as a young man that we were, uh, we were taught and we were told never to get credit cards. Credit cards are dirty. Mm-hmm. You don't want a credit card. Credit cards is trouble. You don't want that. Only to find out that as you move on in life, credit cards are not bad. The user is bad. bad. Right. Come on. Nobody taught us how to use the credit. Nobody taught us Nobody how. Nobody taught us. And, you know, it's funny you would say that. Because what class was available to teach us this this comprehensive understanding of credit? Where is that class? There is no class. And for those that never took economics, mm-hmm. where were we going to learn that? Where, where were we going to learn that? How were we going to get it? And most of us, unfortunately, had to learn it from the street, from another individual who himself or herself really didn't know either. So they could only teach you as far as they themselves had learned, which I said earlier, for those of you that are just coming on, you can only go as far as the person that you are under. The person that's mentoring you, you can only go that far because there is where their level of education and influence it. Mm-hmm. So at some point, if you are inspiring to go to another level, you've got to respect your mentor and say, I love you, but there's more than you. Yes. So there's a question in the and comments. I- if I can uh, break you real quick. Uh, so the question is, uh, what would you consider good credit? Good credit, according to your FICO score, is at least 750 or above. Okay. And for most of us, that almost seems like a dream. Like, I don't even, a 750, most people do not even know that the high school is 850. Right. Yep. They don't know that. And and the question would then be, well, how in the world can you get there? That's the question. Before, before we even answer that question, let's let's talk the fair credit app. Okay. Can we talk that for a minute? The fair credit let's talk app. That for a minute. Let's talk it. Yeah. If you want to post that up, the fair credit app. Now, it's pretty lengthy. It's pretty lengthy. And unfortunately, it's it's a pretty much boring reading. It's very boring. It's, it's boring. However, when you read it, and I'm going to pull on the, the knowledge and the education of many of your listeners. Uh, when you read it, there's some statements down there that are very, very interesting to the consumer. For those of you that don't know, the Fair Credit Act was written for the consumer. It was written to the consumer for the consumer so that businesses and organizations cannot take advantage of you. Now, let's let's talk it a little bit. Now, so that we can abridge it because it's such a lengthy reading and it would take me a long time to break down all of the Fair Credit Act. Let's just let's just abridge it and I'll make it practical so that your listeners can understand. Okay. Most of you know that when you go to uh, fill out anything or to apply for 
Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Now, why must they get a consent from you <laughs> to pull your credit? And how come within 30 days after they pull your credit, you will get something in the mail saying that that institution, that company, that, that uh, person or whatever it was, pulled your credit? That sound about right? Sounds about right. Yes, absolutely. Sounds about right. I'm okay. with you. So, so uh, it's, it's interesting that they do that. It's interesting. Well, let me let me tell you why that they do that. They do that because many people do not know that it is against the law for any company, any organization, any entity to post anything to your credit without your permission. Okay. Let me tell you what that means. That means anybody who has been reporting discriminatory reports to your credit without your consent is illegal. Okay. So wait a minute now. Break this down. So <laughs> let me make sure I, I'm understanding correctly. in the chat, so, y'all. I'm not even going to say nothing because I already know. I know them. but I know my listeners are smart but you go okay. ahead making money to report my credit. They are making money how, to report your credit. How is that possible? See, I knew my but listeners no. knew. See, look at, they they coming up and I think they was just trying to type it. They couldn't type it fast they, enough. They, they, they <laughs> Job 
Right. Okay. I, I think I'm following you. Number, number one. Number two. If the Fair Credit Act is written for the consumer, for the protection of the consumer, then that means that those three reporting agencies are subject to the reporting of the credit, the Fair Credit Act. Act. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. Y'all with them? I'm with so them. Come on. If they're doing something illegal, mm-hmm. then that means if you find out that they're doing something illegal, the Fair Credit Act now acts as your attorney for you now to defend your credibility. But Bishop, listen now, because everybody doesn't know what that report, what that act says. That we I know. we don't I know, know what it says. Remember, remember I said we don't like to read. Okay, so so here's where here's where reading is fundamental. You know, if you were if you're a little older, you would know where that came from. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they don't say that no more. Uh, but let me let me tell you let me tell you what this means. All right, everybody, get ready. Hold on to your seat. I'm holding. Did you know that you, or if you have an entity like we do. If you write letters and you now say to those credit agencies that we are disputing these these discrepancies on our credit, and in most cases, almost all the stuff that they are reporting, you never agreed for it to be reported to your credit. Do you know that they have to remove it? Wait, shut the front door. Come on, come back here, sir. Say that again. Come on, breathe. Come on, take a deep breath. Everybody inhale, everybody exhale. Everybody inhale, everybody exhale. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you want to understand what white privilege is, Mm. I'm going to tell you what white privilege is. Come on. White privilege is when they've gone to prison and jail and Harvard and learned this stuff, kept it to themselves, and it benefited from it. And then we came, they changed the law. But now we are finding out the truth, and I'm telling all your listeners that if you want your credit fixed, we can fix this because of the Fair Credit Act. Yes. Come on, Fair Credit Act. Let's get it. So listen, y'all. I, I don't know if you heard what he just said, but uh, we have rights. Now, if we know about them, great. But if you don't, we need to we need to learn. We need to get that together quick. ASAP. All right, sir. ASAP. ASAP. And for those of you that would love to understand where exactly you fall in the level of importance to this wonderful United States of America, if you would allow me to quote the constitu- the preamble of the constitution of this country. We the people in order to form a more perfect union and establish justice and assure domestic tranquility. Provide for the common defense and provide for the general welfare, secure the blessing of the liberty to our fellow and our posterity. You ordained the Constitution for the United States of America. When it was written, you were slain. And that means that you were not considered in the Constitution that was written. You were not considered to be a person. You were a commodity. And it wasn't until you came along later on and they enforced the executive right that they had to free slaves. And then later on, in the freeing of slaves, for most of us, to live in this particular state, even though the executive order was given, they decided that they were not going to let slaves go for another three years after that executive order was given, which means that even though certain laws were put in place, there are certain people that are in place that are not going to abide by the law. They're going to manipulate you, hold you down, oppress you, and until you learn. 
and learn how to work the law for yourself, you're going to stay oppressed by a wow. system that is governed by people that don't want you to succeed. Wow. That was a mouthful, sir. That was a, But let me tell you something, what I got out of that. We were not thought about when the first one was written because we were slaves. We were slaves. We were commodity. We were not people. So I, I feel like today in this day and time, we are modern day slaves because we still don't we understand. We don't slaves. know. Okay. okay. I, God Almighty, I didn't want to go over here, but you're pushing me. So, okay. <laughs> Listen, if you did not hear that, please, sir, repeat that. I, I mean, I just need to hear that one more time because that just blew my mind. I know I would have never, ever looked at it like that until you just now said You know why you don't look at it? Because they're getting millions and millions and millions of dollars. But ladies and gentlemen, they get millions of dollars at the expense that you better do exactly what I tell you to do. Wow. And that is the truth. Oh my gosh. And let me, let me, and for those of you that wasn't on, let me take you back to what I said about Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19. And a feast made for laughter and wine make a merry, but money answers all things. It is the greatest distraction of them all. And we are so distracted mm. for the millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and never realize that you are making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, but the owners are making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars off of your behind. You're a modernized slave. Modernized slave. Wow. I didn't even look at it like that, but you know what? You have a very valid point, sir. Wow. I am. Put him in the room. We go. We go. We go. Call him up. Hey, son. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm well, sir. I'm well, sir. How would you like to come and play uh, for the Seattle uh, uh, a Seahawks? Yes, sir. I would love to. I'd love to come work for you. I'd love to be with you. I want to come and make the organization great. I want to. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a wonderful opportunity. It, it takes a lot of them out of the oppression that they're under, and it puts them in another category. They immediately go to another tax bracket. I get it. But don't get it twisted. It ain't nothing more than the modernized version of the auction block for slaves. Golly, dang, I would have never. Woo, child, when you say it like that, it just makes me feel some type of way. 
And it's a big show. If you really want to look at where we are right now, okay, so let me let me let me prophetically talk about where we are right now. What we are dealing with right now is a God who's flexing his muscle to say, I'm jealous. Mm. I'm jealous because there are three other gods that are getting my attention yeah. and I want my attention back. You wanna know what those three gods are? I'll tell you what they are. Sports, politics, and entertainment. Mm. Wow, and they are shut down, literally can't do shut nothing. Because I want my wife back. Wow. And if I can't get her, I won't let y'all have her either. Wow, wow, wow. You may want to just pick it up and go read the book of Hosea. Well, you will read the story about a prophet that God said, that listen, I want you to go marry this prostitute because I want to show them what I'm dealing with, dealing with this nation called Israel. So you have to go marry this woman who will leave him and go have a affair with all of these other lovers. And then God will then turn all of her affection by blocking the affection of the lovers so that they don't want her anymore for her to come back to the original husband that she married. But when he goes back to get her, he has to buy her back out of slavery. He buys her back out of slavery. But because he first married her, he's not making her a slave. He got to go by the first institution in which was established when he met her, which was marriage. Okay. Y'all breathing? Y'all breathing? I just, y'all, <laughs> give me some heart, give me some thumbs, say something. I want to make sure y'all breathing. Do we have to send out the EMTs? Are y'all all right? Y'all breathing? I just want to make sure y'all there. I mean, you know, you. I mean, you blowing our mind over here. I don't know about nobody else, but I, I'm blown. Like, for real. <laughs> oh, we just get started. No, we, we just get started. We, 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 to the credit card. See, see, here's what I want. I want your listeners to understand. Right now, because of what's happening with economics. You know, by the way, let's just throw this out here. It's very easy for you to give away money that you really don't have. Come, ooh, mm, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Come on, y'all. If the country is already in debt, how do you manage to come up with money that we were already in debt with? Okay, all right. Okay, here we go. So let, let's talk about that. Uh, if you go back to the early 1900s, you go back to the early 1900s, there was this thing called the Federal Reserve. It was built by private bankers. Private bankers who, since its inception, its family line has never worked a regular job ever. You will never go into any store and be a Rothschild working in any store or working for any other institution except a banking institution. Why? Because they set it up so that they will forever, as long as this country lives, they will perpetually always have money. I hope y'all breathe it. Y'all breathe it. Okay. Now, the perpetual question and the proverbial question of all time has been, if we are in debt, who do we owe? That's a great question. Let me tell you who we owe. But I have to, I have to break that down so that you will understand who you owe. First things first. The federal government and the federal reserve are two different entities. They are not the same entities. The federal government is a system of, of law that governs and, and uh, ensures the safety of a people. But the Federal Reserve is a system of money that is used to fund that system of government and law. So the federal government borrows from the Federal Reserve. And, and they're borrowing. They are supposed to pay 
hot in here. It's quiet in the room, sir. You got 20 minutes, sir. How was that so, sir? So by the that's, economy, that's the, why, that's the reason why you can have a hundred thousand dollar loan on your house and then go to a car dealership and they'll give you a thirty thousand dollar car. You ain't paid off a hundred thousand dollar loan. 
Y'all read it? Y'all read it? See, the reason why Donald Trump got in, for those of you that are wondering, how in the world did that man get in the office? I'm going to tell you how he got in the office. He got in the office because people got very, very, very disgruntledly upset with the politics and politicians that had come before it. And they were very, very angry and very disgruntled, not specifically speaking about anybody in particular, but y'all can pretty much fill in the blank. But there was a few people that said, after having this man in office for eight years, we need to have somebody in there that's going to favorably do stuff for us. And we sat back and thought, there ain't no way he's going to get in because nobody's going to vote for him. No, 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 no. What you didn't know is you didn't vote for him, but the followers that wanted him went to the polls and voted. That's how he got in. And he got in because he was supposed to shake it up because he wasn't a politician. Uh, footnote, by the way, for a guy who's never, ever operated in any type of legislation of any sort, he's never been in any political position at the state level, federal level, uh, or the, or the uh, local level, how does a guy come into this position and seemingly knows a lot of these different principles and rules of government? You ain't never been in it. So that means that you got to be taking orders from somebody because you ain't dumb enough or you ain't smart enough to know it. You're too dumb. You don't want to know that. All you want to do is make money. That has always been the Trump creep. So you got to be taking orders from somebody else. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, don't fear the little orange guy who's at the head. You got to be fearing the people that are behind him pulling the strings. Mm-mm-mm. Say so, sir. I'm still breathing. I'm with you. He ain't smart enough. Mm. He ain't. My, my, when, my. when the government got shut down, this is when I, this is when for those of us who are really watching, this is when we knew all shut. We got to be careful because somebody telling this something. Because when the government was shut down, and if you listen to the way he was talking, the first thing I said was, wow, you speak very intelligently for a man who's <laughs> never occupied any office. Mm-hmm. Which means somebody was telling him to do that. I learned something in the street. Oh, by the way, I got—I guess I forgot to tell you. Uh, but no, for those of you uh, that would like to really uh, dig a little deeper into my history, I come from the streets of Baltimore City. I used to hang on uh, uh, Belling Garrison at the time when it was one of the most notorious drug uh, drug areas in Baltimore City. I left there and went over to Emerson Village, and I sold drugs over there, hung out, played ball, did girls, and all the stuff that all young men who was lost and they had no dreams. That's what we did. But along came one of my friends, and one day we were standing on the corner, and we were selling drugs, and we were having a conversation, and he said, you know what, Tom? He said, um, I know why I'm out here. Why are you out here? Mm. And it was at that very moment, I walked off the corner, I had to start having a hard conversation with myself because I did have to wonder, why am I out here? Because in all reality, the only reason why I'm out here is because I wanted to be accepted. Which means most of us who got caught up doing some of the stuff that we do, it ain't because you want to do it, you just want to be accepted. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. And when you graduate from folks acceptance and learn the value of who you are, you don't dance to nobody else's beat. Mm. Come on now. That was my commercial break. Let's get back to the subject. <laughs> now, 
but you got the Federal Reserve, you got the Federal Reserve, it's a, it's, it's a banking institution, it's private. Now, if they keep pulling money from it, and we are in debt, the country ain't paying its bill back to the Federal Reserve. That means if you keep borrowing from it, eventually it will go dry. Right. And if it goes dry, then that means economical collapse. Okay. So, uh, I just wrote, I just wrote the, the biggest stimulus in this country's history. And, and I'm proud to say that I wrote this, this stimulus bill uh, for us to, to get the bailout that we need. Boy, you, you talk wonderful for a guy who got power with that pen. But you are the same guy who uh, bankrupt your own Trump power because you couldn't move the money. Now you're in the most powerful position in the world and you up there just moving stuff around like you did when you did business. Ouch. That's dumb. But that's what they wanted. That's what they got. And we are on a collision course with a collapse of the economy, which means that at some point, the only way that you're going to be able to exist in this era, you're going to have to have the good credit. Mm-mm-mm. Back to that good credit. Good credit. Isn't that what we started off? That it's is. amazing how we just came back to that. And for those of you that don't know, uh, it really that wasn't just a coincidence. It's almost like preaching a message. You start at the point and you do the argument of your point and then you come back to the point to substantiate the point that you're making so that people don't think that you're crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, now how do we uh, how do we get help with this credit? Because we, we need help with credit. We get, we get help, we get help with the credit. What we do, uh, so, so one of the things that we do, Somebody said, Janika said we need a part two, so we might have to come back. We, don't, we might need a part two, because Lord Jesus, that time went back so fast. It did. Uh, all right, so one of the things that we do, one of the things that we do, we help you to repair your credit. Okay. Now, what most people don't know is that what is reported to your credit, here are the things that, that fall in your credit. Public, public records, uh, judgments, bankruptcies, repossession, tax loan, child support, uh, a collection, eviction, you know, all this stuff. Now, what most, most of us don't know, as I said, if the Fair Credit Act said that if there was never a consent by the consumer to report those, those uh, uh, derogatory things to your record, then that means at any given time, those things can be removed off. But they are only going to be removed off if we receive in writing for that to come off. So you have to have the the legal attorneys who know the language and know the Fair Credit Act to be able to get it off. So we have those types of backing so that people can come on and unlike all of those other credit restoration companies and entities that are out there that say, okay, give us $900 and we're going to fix your credit. You give them $900, then you don't hear nothing from them. You have to hope and wonder that something is happening with what they're doing to help you. No, we don't do that. Here's what we do. We say, listen, we want $89 a month, no contract. No contract. Because you don't need a contract. You don't need a contract. The only thing that you really want is to get those derogatory things off your credit and you 
you want to be able to see it in real time. So, when we pull you in, we build a profile. The profile so that you can see what is happening to your credit. Okay. Once that happens, then we send you this packet. The packet comes, you see these documents. The documents are legal documents written by attorneys that now, when you sign at the bottom, you're going to mail them off to all of those people that are reported to your credit. They now will read those documents and then say, uh-oh, they're now challenging us to remove those things off of the off their report, which when individuals know that they have breached the law, wow. they will offer you little to no resistance because they already know that they wrong. That's crazy. That is crazy, and a lot of us don't know that. Okay, so and it doesn't take long at all. Okay, so for most of our clients, for most of our clients, where is it an, an access of six to nine months? That's because those entities are fighting tooth and nail using the language of the Fair Credit Act to hold on to those derogatory reports that are being recorded to your credit. But most of them, once they get that initial letter, they say, uh oh, we got changes. And most of our clients, within the first 30 to 45 days, will start to Wow, that's amazing. Okay. And so so then I have a question. So then after that, how long could a person, after that has been uh, changed and their credit goes up, uh, how soon could they buy a house? <laughs> or is that another what show? If I told you, what, what if I told you <laughs> that right now, which again, they changed the game. See, before you can get a house with a 600 credit report. Too many of us getting houses, huh? Yeah, I, I, you heard what I just said. I, I, I just. <laughs> that, that's a hard load to tow right there. But we have the answer. Because when we dispute it, we will dispute those things that are on the credit and have those things removed. When those things are removed, your credit score will go up. When your credit score goes up, and like I said, it doesn't take that long in order for the credit to go up. And many of us don't even realize we have enough history right now mm -hmm. that we are able to get what we need. The problem is, is all of those late reports, but the, the stuff that was on your credit that you didn't pay, all that stuff is still in your credit. It's still there. And the inquiries hurt us too. But go ahead. I'm sorry. And the
uh, in-depth conversation with you. Want to find out more information? We'd love to talk to you. Now, let me let me throw this in. This was this is this is really going to blow folks' minds. Now, most folks already know this, but they just don't know how to really work it based upon their current credit system and their uh, uh, their report. They don't know how to work it. Now, you and I both know that if a creditor does not collect on the debt that you have with them in a seven-year window, what typically happens? So, because I have a question too, but uh, so somebody buys that, somebody buys those those bad credit or those those loans, right? After so many yep. years, some some off the wall company comes in, takes all of that paper, and then they try to collect on it. You better believe it, cause and but here, but see, God, you're so smart. God, you know what? I'm going, I'm going to treat you to lunch. I'm going to treat you to lunch. See, but no, well, wait, 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 I'm so glad because most folks don't know. Because here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Because the clock is ticking. So they to can't be able to secure that debt. I was going to say that. So when they know that they can't get it. Yes. They get what they can from a third party company who pays them the money. Money. Mm-hmm. say so check it <laughs> bishop listen so yes i did because i know this for a fact other companies will buy that loan buy that paper so janika you said it's a statute of limitation however that yes it is but after that is almost up they have a third party like bishop said come in buy that paper now that whole thing restarts itself that whole seven years am i not right sir It starts over again. The cycle starts over again. And that's why it's on your credit. Now, so even because I have a question about this. So when so when it starts over again, so even like, you know how in like those those uh, what do you call it? Uh, credit karma or something like that. And you go in and you try to dispute something like you said, people need to understand. Don't do that. You have to actually write the letter. It has to be written and sent in. And you need to know the law to know how the letter needs to be written. Right. So there is because definitely a process for that. Yes, you can write it, but the problem is if you don't know the language in order to be able to write them to refute what they are doing, they're going to take your little piece of paper and say, oh, I ain't doing nothing. Because they know by the way you wrote that letter that you don't know the Fair Credit Act. Mm. They know. They, why do you think attorneys are in place so that they can file bankruptcy for you? If, if, if it was just easy for you to walk in the court and 
say, I can't pay that debt, and I want to be excused from that debt. Right. Yep. You need to know the language. You need to know the dignity of how to approach the bench. You need to know how to say certain things. And you need to know how to report it. And you need to know how to act upon it. And that's why those attorneys spend all of those years going to school, learning the law, so that they can actually manipulate the law. Well, sir, so if, okay, hear, hear me out for a second. Because if we're in debt and we're trying to fix our credit, and we don't have a lot of money, and we go hire an attorney, we're spending money to get our credit fi- I, I, I'm not understanding that concept. There's got to be a better way. Because oh, here, here's what you're doing. You're paying somebody. Remember I said earlier that you can only go and hire the person that's mentoring you. Yes. Now, if the person that is under you doesn't know how to do it, you got to go someplace else to get that knowledge to do what you need to do. Right. The money that you're paying, you're paying somebody to say, listen, I'm not smart enough. You're smart enough. So I'm going to pay you to do what I'm not smart enough to do. Okay. And in any, any arena, that, that's wisdom. It's understanding. I don't have that knowledge. So let me go to somebody that does. Okay. Because I know they are able to perform what I know I cannot. But the beauty of what we do is that we do not hold them to a contract. If you want to get it for a month and you get what you need in a month, goodbye. Okay, so that's what you're saying your company does, right? Yep, that's what we do. Okay, but with a lawyer, with a lawyer, they put the person in a contract? Oh, boy, they keep you on the hook. They keep you on the hook. Mm. Because how does a lawyer make money? By the hour. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. They feel... If they look at, if they, they, when you look at what you get from the attorney, it is a billing that is based upon an hourly wage. Okay. So, dang it, I lost all my comments. Sir, we need your information. We're running out of time. (laughs) (laughs) But we need your information. We need to. All right, I'm done. All right, here's what I'm going to do because I forgot that I was in the chat with you. All right, so there's my. Uh, there's my email address for those of you that would like to contact me. All right. And then, uh, and oh, by the way, I have a graphic design company. So if anyone needs graphics, the thing is done, we do that too. Uh, and so uh, the, the, our graphic company is PGEE uh, Graphic Design, of which I am a proud owner of. And so uh, they can contact me there. And then uh, they want to call me, they can call me in the office. And there's that number right there. And, uh, and, and, and I would like to say this. I want to, I want to say this to all of the people that are listening. Um, sometimes it is a sad thing in this country, but people have benefited from our ignorance. Mm-hmm. They've, been, they've benefited from our ignorance. And at some point, we got to wake up from ignorance and take advantage of those who have come before you and learn some things. To make you a better you, Amen. you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta do it. Because if you're not gonna read, you better pay somebody that will. <laughs> and we do not like to read, and that's a problem. And we do not, we do not like to read. That's we a problem. Like so uh, there's my, there's my number that they can contact me um, if they want to reach me, um, and and I would love to have these conversations. The sad part is I didn't even get a chance to talk to people and tell them that in investment. This whole thing about investment and the stock exchange and all that stuff, you know, we're going to have to do part two so I can tell them that the 401k in this current 
uh, uh, economic dysfunction is actually now becoming a trap. Mm. Wow. Yeah, we need to, we definitely need part two for that. We got we got to get back on track. If, if you're losing, if you're losing money, if you're losing money, you gotta you gotta ask yourself. If I keep putting money in something that's got a hole in it, how would you expect me to retire off of? That's like a, a hole in a boat. <laughs> You're sinking. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And you said he's sinking. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Teach us, Bishop. So, tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have got to get back online and do this again for part two. Listen, I really, really appreciate you. Thank you for listing all of your information Thank there. You. I'm definitely going to uh, put that out again you know put your information out there again this has been very insightful you have blown my mind i'm still tripping off of the modern slavery like you broke that down i'm still tripping off of that right now like i man the visualization of it when you broke it down it was just like whoa are you serious but yeah and they have a big show it's a big show people you know they're on tv they're watching with their families and they get chosen, and boom, just like that, they're in modern-day slavery. You transfer from one system into another one. That's mind-blowing. Because if you do anything outside of the contractual agreement that you've made with the, with those football teams, the basketball teams, the baseball teams, the hockey teams, if you do anything outside of that contract, you breach the contract, and they now can get rid of you. And it's done, just like Which that. Means Well, y'all, y'all heard it here first on Sugar Talk with Rana. Bishop Smith, you have been uh, a very, very pillar of light tonight. And I appreciate you and your wisdom and your knowledge on financial matters and the Bible as well. We thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to come. And I thank your listeners for even listening to me. Thank you. Absolutely. We appreciate you this evening. So guys, listen, before we get off, um, I just want to say a few things. Please, I know that Maryland is reopening tomorrow at 5 p.m. Please, please use wisdom before going anywhere. I've seen people uh, outside yesterday without masks on. Um, Just, you know, please be smart. If you're going to go out, be smart about it. I I will stay home, okay, because that's my business. All right, I'm sounding like Tabitha, if y'all know who that is. But anywho, I, I'm going to stay home <laughs> because, I, you know, my life is precious, you know, and, and, and I, I'm trying to get my credit right. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> listen, stay safe, guys. I everybody, listen, everybody, please get your credit right. We can help you. We love to help you. We want to help you. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, for, uh, for those of you uh, that don't know, uh, Okay. Uh, they want to look that up, and then uh, I'll put this in as well. This is uh, the company that does what we need to do in terms of your credit. If I can, if I can type, Lord have mercy! <laughs> I think I'm so excited. It's all good. This was so, 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 so good, guys. Listen. So, if you need um, help with your credit. 
um, you want to go to Integrity Financial Solutions. Is that .com or is that, uh, or we just can Google that. Just look that up on you Google. Just, you, can just, you, can just, uh, you can just Google it and then uh, well, the credit card is through financial education services and then for our life insurance and, and, and uh, investments and things like that, we do that through Integrity Financial Solutions. And so, but, and, and all, all answers, all roads lead to uh, this guy right here. This guy right <laughs> here. All right. You, you need help. Uh, go to this guy right there. He is the, the one, the one stop shop and save, Tyrone Smith. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get you right. He is gonna get you right. That credit's gonna get right. Y'all gonna get that house. Listen, this is the year. Listen, okay, all right. I feel this in my spirit, y'all. You, for those of you who have been wanting and desiring things that you could not obtain. This is the year to obtain them. I know it looks crazy, but you can't look at this thing in the natural. You cannot look at this thing in the natural. You have got to look at this thing at a a spiritual standpoint. Hear me out. You can't obtain these things. I need you to focus, and I'm going somewhere. Hear me, though. You are going to have to focus and spend some time with God. You're going to have to spend some time with him and talk to him and commune with him. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. But you must, it is a must, because without him, you cannot do anything. And you must put him first. Okay, let me get off my soapbox. Okay, listen. (laughs) You can be successful. Anybody can be successful, but you cannot do it without God. Why do you think he just stopped the entire world? Okay. Listen. And, and, and not only did he stop the world, but he stopped the church. Sir, and why did he stop the church? Because the, he is because not happy. We, Come we on. Were mm. guilty. Mm. And, and I had to share this with other leaders. You can say whatever you want about the pedagogy of the methodology of the church, but the problem is when you shut the world down, you shut the church down too. Yep. Yep. So we are all guilty. And there is an affection that he's looking for. And he's not letting up until he gets what he wants. And the and the great riddle to make people really see how serious this is, if God or for those agnostic or those who may not believe in such a thing, if an individual I'll say it that way. If an individual has everything, what in the world could he be jealous mm. for? Mm. Wow. Wow, that's deep. I have. If you ever met God, if you was walking into the world of God in heaven, and you walked down the road and you shook his hand, do you know you'd be shaking hands with a man who had everything in him? Mm-mm-mm. Except one thing. What's that, Bishop? He doesn't have your will. Mm. Wow. He freely gave you your own will, your own ability to make decisions. Yep. But he, in giving it to you, has hope. Like any man that is in love, if I give you my heart, mm. all I want is your affection. And we stopped doing that. And we stopped doing that. We were so busy being of the world. 
in the world and not giving God what he needed. What he if you stop to say, no, I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want her affection. I want her affection. Wow. I'm, I, I'm not going to allow her to just continue to do what she does. I want, I want her. And see, for many of you who have experienced love on any level, you know that there is a point of love that it will drive you and keep you up all night long until your soul is satisfied mm. by the person that you love. Mm, 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 mm. And if that person offends you, there is a vengeance that is in you that will drive you like nothing else. That will be part three. Tune in when we'll talk about <laughs> what lovers are really driven Ooh. by. We gonna shut this down tonight, Bishop. You you didn't shut the internet down tonight, <laughs> guys. Listen, I we're not gonna hold you any longer. But I just want you to know you can have what you want and what you desire. Just stay faithful to the word. Stay faithful to God. Be safe, guys. Have a great rest of the week. Which tomorrow's Friday. Hmm, TGIF. All right. But have a great weekend. Stay safe. We love you. Until next time. Thank you.